we are going to be learning the second Sicha, and this is a phenomenal Rashi Sicha. We'll be looking at Rashis throughout Chumash and comparing them and coming with a very clear look and understanding how Rashi views this particular Indian. In Parshas Kisisa, Berak Lamed Gimel, it's right after Moshe Rabbeinu davens to Hashem to forgive the Jewish people for the Chet Egel, and Hashem tells him that Moshe should bring the Yidin up to Eretz Yisrael, and the Malach will go in front of the Yidin to drive out the nations, but not Hashem. Even though initially it was supposed to be Hashem that would lead the nation into battle and bring them into Eretz Yisrael, but because of the sin of the Chet Egel, now it will be a Malach. And the Pashik mentions only six of the nations. We know that there are seven nations that were living in Eretz Yisrael, but the Pasuk only mentions six. It says, Begurashti, Asakanani ha moirachiti ha prizi ha chiba beibusi. It does not mention the Gorgashi. So Rashi asks, why don't they mention the Gorgashi? So he explains, Rashi divarmasto of Gorgashi is Kanani begaymer. Shisha umaysein. There are six nations. Bahagirgashi amarufana mapnea mealav. And the Gorgashi got up and left on the road. So the reason why Hashem is saying that the Malach will drive out these six nations is because the seventh nation won't be driven out by the Malach directly, but rather it will be go, it, they will leave on their own. So the Pasuk is giving a description of what's going on, that the Malach will be the one accomplishing this years, but only for six nations, Mash'enkin the Gergoshi, uh, which will leave on their own. But if you go to, let's look, continue on in Perk Lamedal, the Parshik Sisa, the Pasuk Yeralaf. At this point, Moshe has already dived into Hashem, that Hashem should be the ones be the one who will bring the Yidin up to Eretz Yisrael. Hashem is the Kabbalist Tefillah, and he says he will bring them up. Uh, nonetheless, Hashem says, I'm going to make a bris, meaning a bris, a bris chadash, a new bris with the Jewish people, to renew this bris uh, with the Jewish people, and I'm going to be doing a miflois. And one of the things he tells them is, Pasuk he says, Shemor lechaz kolshen he says, guard everything that I'm going to tell you this day, that he I'm going to drive forth from in front of you, I'm going to be driving out these six nations. And then the Sukkim continues with what are the commands? So Hashem is telling him that you have to guard the mitzvahs. And what mitzvahs are we referring to? He tells him like this, that I'm going to drive out these six nations. And he should be careful, arts not to make a bris with them, uh, that you should have to destroy all the misbachas, you have to destroy their matzevis, not to bow down to any gods, etc., etc. So it's telling them the commands that once these individual nations are sent out of Eretz Yisrael, you have to be careful not to make a bris with them, and of course not to, you have to make sure to destroy all their bodhisattvas which are there. So again, Rashi asks that the Pasuk only mentions six nations. So Rashi de Ramasko, Asa Mayur Vigaymer, Shisha Umaysiyashkan, there are six nations mentioned here. Because the Gagashi got up and left from in front of them. So the Shaila is, why is Rashi repeating this comment twice in one parasha? Rashi does not repeat a comment, except for except for two situations that ever gives in this Sikha. One example is when the second, the Vramasko, the second Pirush, is coming to add 
chiddush. It's coming to add explanation. So when it's coming to add additional details, that wasn't mentioned the first time because the first time those details weren't relevant to uh, that parsha. So Rashi will again repeat a different muscles appear a second time with added details in order to explain uh, those details. Other times there are about doesn't say that in the Sikha, but sometimes Rashi will also repeat a Pirish if there could be a reason to assume that over here the explanation would be different. So Rashi will repeat it to tell you, no, the shot over here is not a second shot that you might have thought, but rather it's the same shot that we mentioned earlier. Uh, as, as, as another time that Rashi will repeat a shot if it's been many Chumashim. It's been quite a few Chumashim already um, separation. Therefore, Rashi might assume that you have forgotten this particular idea. Therefore, Rashi will, will repeat this Indian in short to remind you, and then you could go back to the original spot to get the details, but Rashi will remind you of the main shot, which is relevant at that point, uh, because there is a shot that, that it might have been forgotten, the original idea. But over here, it's within the same parashas, both in parashas Ksisa. So why does Rashi repeat the same idea that the Gagashi left? We already would know that. There are six nations, and the Gagashi is not mentioned the first time because they, because they left. They left, left on their own. So same thing when it mentions that Hashem is going to send out the six nations, it doesn't mention the Gagashi because, of course, they went on their own. So it's not Hashem sending them out. No, they're going to be going on their own. So the Maskul David gives an explanation. The Maskul David wants to say is that there's a change that occurred between our, between the beginning of Periklam and Gimel and Periklam and Dalit. In Periklam and Gimel, it was initially supposed to be a Malach that will drive out the nations. Now it's going to be Hashem that will drive out the nations. And therefore, since it's Hashem that's driving out the nations, I would have thought that maybe there would be more nations that would leave on the road. When the Malach's coming, you'll have to fight six, and one will leave on its own. But when Hashem is coming to battle for you, there's going to be many more nations that will just leave on their own without having to do battle. Therefore, the Pasuk has to tell you, that they're still going to be the same thing, that this, these six nations will have to be driven out, Hashem will drive them out from before you, and the only one that's going to go on their own will be the Gashi. The says that there's no difference in this detail. True, there it's a Malach, and now it's Hashem. So it'll be a greater revelation of the Shekhinah and the law of the Bnei Israel. But regarding the actual word, there won't be a difference between these two, um, whether it's Hashem or, or, or the Malach leading the Jewish people. That's what the uh, Maslul David is coming to tell us. That's what Rashi is trying to bavar. He's trying to bavar um, that you shouldn't think that there's a difference because it's a Hashem taking them this time. But the problem with this chat is that, first of all, Iker Chasim in a Sefer. If that's what Rashi is coming to Bavarn, why doesn't he focus on the Six Nations? This that the Gagashi left, that we already know from earlier. If a Malach, if they left in front of a Malach, for sure they left when it would be Hashem taking them out. Um, especially since that was a historical fact that they left. The Chiddush would be is that the Six Nations didn't leave on the road. So why is Rashi over here just telling us that there's Six Nations and the Gagashi left? It should have said, Focus on the idea that the other nations didn't, even though that it was a Shem that was leading them, the six nations didn't leave on their own. That would have been make more sense if that's what Rashi was trying to focus on. Masha'inkim, according to what's written, the implication is what's bothering Rashi is why there's six nations here, and the Gagashi is not mentioned, and he tells us why the Gagashi aren't mentioned. So Sa'at is this pshat in Rashi. The second problem with this pshat is, that the Pasuk's not talking about war. 
It's talking about after the Yidin drive out the nations or begin to drive out the nations of Canaan, they're not allowed to make a bris with them and they have to destroy the Avodah Zaris. So it's hard to say that the reason why the Pasuk mentions these six nations again is to bevar that even though initially when we spoke about the six nations in Periklam Gimel, it was talked about a Malach, and by the Malach, it will drive out six, and the seventh will be. But now that it's Hashem, I might have thought that all of them are going to be driven out. Therefore, the Pasuk has to repeat the six nations to let us know that Hashem will be driving out only these six nations and not Girgashi. That's very difficult to say in our Pasuk, because our Pasuk is not talking about the war. It's really talking about after the war, or at least once the war's already begun, that Rahimi Garish, that I am sending, I'm driving out these nations, and therefore these are the commands that you're supposed to be doing. So it's difficult to say that the Pasuk's coming to Bavarn, that you shouldn't think that they're just going to leave on their own. That's really not the purpose of the Pasuk. The Pasuk is really just telling us whether they go on their own or they're being driven out. The point is that you have these halachas that are applicable. And the Oidzais, according to his Pshat of the Maskil and Rashi, the beginning of the Pasik and the end of the Pasik actually seems contradictory. The idea of Hinini Gurish Mufanacha is that Hashem is going to be sending them forth. That means there's a Maidah than what was earlier. Originally it was the Malach, and now it's Hashem. And therefore there has to be some type of Maidah. So he says the Pasik coming from Mubar, that even though there's a Maidah, that the six nations won't be driven out. They're just, they're, they're, sorry, they won't leave on their own, rather they're going to have to be driven out by Hashem. How, how does that fit with the beginning of the Pasuk? If a Hinnimei Gersh Mofanecha is coming to tell us that there's going to be a better way of conquering them, that it's going to be through Hashem, then what is that better way? It's 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 telling us in that Lashem, Hinnimei Gersh Mofanecha, that it's going to be better, and then that Pasuk itself continues with how it's going to be exactly the same? That, that, that doesn't really make so much sense. Rather, what would have made more sense is that if it's telling us about that, it's going to be better. It's tell us how it's going to be better, not how it's going to be exactly the same. So therefore, the Maskul Adavitz Pshat is hard to say in Rashi, and it's hard to say that would be the Pshutish Mikra in our, in our situation. <clears throat> so that's the first question, just to recap. The first question, again, is on Rashi, is why is he repeating this idea of Gagashi leaving on its own? It seems we already know this idea. And it doesn't seem there's any reason to repeat it a second time uh, in Periklam Dalit. Furthermore, additional questions that we can ask, a second question we can ask is, is that this idea of Hashem only mentioning six of the Canaanite nations, even though there are seven, this isn't the first time this happened. This has occurred many times in Chum Shemais. So why is Rashi only asking the question now? Why do we only mention six and we don't mention Gurgashi? And he asks it twice in our Parsha. This has been mentioned already numerous times in Chumash. We have it twice in Chumash Shemois, when Hashem is talking to Moshe by the Per Gimel Pasik Ches. It tells us that I will, the Ered, I will go down the Hatzilim Yam Mitzrayim, the Lolis Minarts, and I will bring them up to Eretz Yisrael. Min Eretz Ahi, El Eretz Tayvar Chav, El Eretz Zavos Cholod Dvash, El Malkin Atnani Achit Hamayra Priza Achiv Agusi. Hashem is saying that He will be the one that's going to take them out of Mitzrayim and bring them up to Eretz Yisrael, the land of the Canaanites, etc. And he mentions, uh, again, the Six Nations, but does not mention Namayri. By the way, from here that it says that I will bring them up from this land to Eretz Tevar Hava, that's how we know that initially it was supposed to be Hashem that was going to bring the Eden up to Eretz Yisrael. But then they were punished 
because of the Chet Evil, and it was transferred that job to the Shliach, and eventually um, Hashem, after Moshe Rabbeinu Davin, Hashem again agreed to be the one to bring the Eden up to Eretz Yisrael. So here it mentions, and it mentions the second time, also in Pasuk Zion, it says, I will bring you up, and again it does not mention the Rashi, and Rashi does not have any comment on that. So those are twice already. If we continue on in Parshas Shemais, Parshas Shemais, this is Perkidimo Pasikei, Hashem tells him this is by, really, the, by the Pasach, that um, they're telling about the Mitzvah of Pasach, Lodorus, that you're supposed to make a, a Chag for seven days, where you're supposed to eat Matzah, and you're supposed to Hagat Levincha. So this is Perkidimo, this famous idea of the Yom Tov Pasach and the idea of telling over your children what occurred. So it says over here, and it actually only mentions five. It only mentions five. It cuts out Girgashi and it cuts out the Prizi. So over here, it's even a bigger Shaila. The prior two times it mentions six out of seven. Here it only mentions five out of seven. Rashi actually does comment, and Rashi says, and we'll discuss this Rashi more at length later, Rashi over here does comment. What he says is, why does it only mention five? He says because, <clears throat> even though we only count five, but all seven nations are included, because they're all part of Canaan. The reason why they're all part of Canaan is, is because, the, because Canaan was the father of all the nations. The Gergashi, the Chivi, the Prizi, the Amoyri, they were all children of Canaan. Canaan had 11 children, as, uh, as we know from Parshish Noyach tells us who the 11 children are. And six of them are the six nations that are always mentioned, or I shouldn't say always, as we see, as which are mentioned many times as the seven nations of Canaan. The, and can, who is Canaan himself? So it says it's six nations with Canaan, because one of the nations of, one of his children took on his name. So we have the six of his kids that took on their own name and became their own tribe. I guess they were larger families, the more harsher the families, they became their own tribe. We have one family that kept the name of his father. And the others, we don't know exactly what happened. It seems like, well, I think the rabbis discussed another sikh of the Pashas, according to Rashi, they never came into Eretz Yisrael. Because Canaan, uh, as we know, Canaan wasn't originally in Eretz Yisrael. They conquered it from the children of Shem. So not all of Canaan's children came up to conquer the land. Mechaira, only seven of them came up, the six that we've mentioned, plus the child that calls himself, that went through after his father's name, Canaan. So therefore, when it's mentioned all seven, that's what we mean. We mean seven of his kids. And one of the kids, as I, as I mentioned, took the name of his father. But when it mentions only six, or when it mentions only five, uh, when it mentions six or five, so then the other ones are included in the name of Canaan. So if you hear it only mentions five, what about the priest in the Gargashi? So Rashi tells us the other ones are also, when he says we're going to bring up, Hashem is going to give us the land that he promised our forefathers, what he, he didn't promise our forefathers only five, the lands of five of the kids of Canaan, rather he promised them all seven. Rather it mentions five, five and, and the others are included in Canaan. So that's what Rashi tells us over there. Um, of course, this brings up a question, is if Rashi holds that the other children could be included in the name Canaan, then why does he even tell us in our Parsha, Parsha Sisa, why does it mention the Gurgashi? doesn't mention the Gurgashi because they ran away. What? should have just said. It doesn't count the Gurgashi because it's included in Canaan, as he just said over here. So why is Rashi giving a different shot? The shot that he gave over here works very well. 
And the truth is, the Re'em, in his Pirush over here, actually says that. He says, the, 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 the Ramban has a Shaila on Rashi. He says, he doesn't like Rashi's shot that mentions five, it really means all seven, because the other two are including Kanaan. He says, because why mention five? Like, why mention five, and then the other two are including Kanaan? It seems very random. So the Re'em says, what are you talking about? This happens many times in the Torah, like in Parshish Mishpatim later on, where it mentions six of them, and it really means all seven. And because the Gergashi is included in the other, uh, the other, because it's included in the name Kanaan. So Ibazah, you can ask the question on the Re'im Shat, how he's explaining Rashi, then why don't also in Parshas Kasisa just say the reason why the Gergashi is not mentioned, because it's included in the name Kanaan. And then when we move on to Mishpatim, this is Perkhav Gimel Pasik. Um, Chav uh, Gimel, that um, he tells them that I'm going to send the Malach in front of you to guard you and to bring you to the Makmash which I prepared. Don't rebel against him. Listen to my voice. And then Pasuk Chav Gimel tells us, that I'm going to bring you to the land of these six nations and I will destroy him. So, Again, Rashi, it mentions only six, and Rashi doesn't have any comment over here. Why doesn't Rashi comment? Oh, why does it only mention six? Because the Gergashi is either included in Canaan, or because Gergashi has been ran away on their own. So that's question number two of the Sikha. Why does Rashi uh, not mention this idea earlier, already at the beginning of Shemais, and maybe include in that question, this isn't the Rebbe's question, but in Parsha's boy, Rashi gives a different shot. Why doesn't that shot that he gave in Parsha's boy work for us also in Parsha's Sisa? And the last question is, do you come in Rashi? If you look at Rashi and Perk Lamagimel, Pasik Beis, and Rashi, Perk Lamagimel, Dalit, Pasik Yud Aleph, there's slight changes in the Rashi, and based on those changes, we're going to see that Rashi is actually telling us a different idea. In the first Rashi, Pasik Beis, it says, it, the different Mas is on the word Begirashti, Esa Kanani, Begaymer, so it's on the Gerashti and the Kanani, etc., meaning counting the rest of the Pasik, the Mayur, the Chiti, etc. And he says, Shusha Umaisim, these are six nations, and the Gagoshi Ahmad and Fanam Pneumelov, and the Gagoshi left on the road. Look at Pasik Periklamadal Pasikalif, the Lushan's a little bit different. First of all, it starts off doesn't start off the words Gairish Mipanacha. He doesn't write the words Gairish. He just starts off with the nations. The Pasik is he need Gairish Mipanacha. Esa Mayriha Kanani Yahita Prizi. Rashi does not write over here, Gairish. Rather, he starts off with the words, So he's including all nations. mean all six of them. But he doesn't say Gairish. And then he writes, Shusha Yeshkan. There's six nations over here. So why does he say the words Yeshkan? There's six nations mentioned over here. Earlier, he just says, There are six Shisha Umayshain. There are six nations. Over here, he's saying, There's six Umays which are Yeshkan over here. Yeshkan. Why the difference in Lashon? And another difference we see is because he says Gagashi It says because the Gagashi got up and left. He says because earlier he doesn't say because he just says Gagashi that there are six nations and the Gagashi left on the road. But over here it says because the Gagashi got up and left. And the last difference is over here it just says that the Gagashi got up and left from the It doesn't say on the road. But if you look at Pasik. Rashi Pasik Beis, it says, Hagagashi Alman Ufanim Pneham, and he adds the words, Me'alav, on their own. So we see there's differences, and the Shaila is, why? Why do we have these differences? So what we're going to do is we're going to get into the beer of the Rebbe. We're going to start 
from the beginning of Parshish Mois and work our way up to Parshish Kisisa so you could see that the entire Mahalach of Rashi. Okay. So Rashi, if you go back to Chumash Shemais, the beginning of Parshish Shemais, what the Pesukim over there is talking about, it's talking about how the, the greatness of the land, that Hashem is going to bring us to the land, which is a land of Eretz, Zabas, Cholop, Udvash. That is the main point over there, that it's a good land, and that's where Hashem is bringing us. So, Al-Pipshutah Shemikra, it's not talking about the nations over there, it's rather talking about the land. So therefore, Yeshleimar, the reason why it only mentions these lands, because these lands are the lands which are Eretz, Teva, or Chava, Eretz, Zavas, Chala, Dutash. Right? Let's read the passage. Because so I'm going to take you off from this land. I'm going to bring you to a land which is Teva or Chava, to a land of Zava, Chala, Dutash, to the place where the Kanani, Yechite, Amaya, Prisa, Chiva, Yibusi. The passage is telling us that it's not about driving out the nations. It's telling us where they're going to be brought. So I'm going to bring you to a good land. Where is this good land? It's in the place where these six nations are living. So therefore, it's very poshit. According to Pshutah Shemikra, why doesn't mention Gagashi? Because Gagashi obviously wasn't a Eretz Zava So even though he lived in the same area, but he wasn't, he had his own piece of land, and clearly his piece of land would not be considered a place of Zavas Cholav Udvash. And this idea is actually also mentioned by the Ramban. The Ramban says also this idea on Parsha Shemais, that the reason over here it only mentions six is because these are the nations that had a good land. And the same thing. A few seconds later, in Pasuk Yudzayim, is the same idea. The reason why it mentions those six because it's talking about to the makim, to the makim, uh, to, to the place that the place is a, is a good place. When we continue on to Perak Yudimol and Parshas Boy Pasuk Hey, over there, all of a sudden, it, it's also talking about bringing us to the land which you promised our forefathers to give you, which is as heirs Zava Cholodrach. It's again stressing the idea of the land. But the problem is over there, it just mentions five nations. Why does it only mention five? We just finished saying that there are six nations that have good land. So why are we only mentioning five? So the Ramban actually says, because there was, there was, there was five nations that are mentioned here had the best land. Yergoshi had the worst land. And the Prizi had... They had an Eretz Rechava, it was a spacious area, but it wasn't Zavas Eretz Zavachalodavash. So it was Rechava, so therefore it was better than the Gergashi, but it wasn't, it wasn't fertile. So therefore in Parshish Shemais, where it mentions both descriptions, Eretz Teru Rechava, Eretz, also Eretz Zavachalodavash, it mentions the priest because they fit into that idea that it's an Eretz Teru Rechava. But over here in Parshish Boy, we're only focusing on the idea of Eretz Zavachalodavash, it doesn't mention the priest. That is the explanation that the uh, Ramban brings. Should point out that some of Forshim asked that in Shemois, Per Gimel, in Pasuk Yudzayin, it also just mentions the idea of that it's an Eretz Zovas Cholavudvash. It doesn't mention anything over there um, about being an Eretz Rechavah. So why mention the Prizi? Maybe give given answers because it already mentioned it earlier. Meaning is that even though the second time it doesn't tell us Eretz Torah Rechava, but since already just a few seconds earlier, it's telling us what type of land it is. It's an Eretz Torah Rechava, and it's Eretz Zavah Chol Levash. I mentioned the second time it doesn't go into all the details. It just mentions Eretz Zavah Chol Levash, um, but not focusing on the idea of Eretz Torah Rechava, but, but it means that too. So therefore, Papashis, the main 
Maila by Prizi according to the Ramban will be its Eretz Hava. And Lefaro, they had obviously some level of Eretz Hava. It wasn't their main quality, but Papasha, since the Psukim are mentioning it, also by Prizi, they must have had some quality of fertility. But Masha'itim, when it's only focusing on Eretz Zolvachol then it's not going to mention the priest, because that really wasn't their main mile. That's what, that's what the Ramban explains. But the Rashi doesn't like that shot, maybe because, again, it doesn't mention in Pasuk Yudzayin, the question that the Torshim are asking on the Ramban. And furthermore, the Rain says, in the Psukim leading to here, it's all talking about Eretz Yisrael. It's talking about when the Yidin are being brought to Eretz Yisrael, to the land of Shanishval Avisafa. The land which was Nishval Avisafa wasn't just those five pieces of land of those five nations. It was all of Eretz Yisrael, all seven nations. So it's hard to say that the Pasuk literally just means these five uh, these five nations. And when Hashem will bring you to these five nations that have the Eretz Yisrael, then you have all this entire story of the mitzvahs of Pesach. Rather, he says, the Pasuk's talking about What was Nishval Abisach? All seven nations. I, if it means all seven nations, why do you only mention five? The reasoning is because the other two nations are included in um, Canaan. Okay, why did you exclude these two specifically? So the Gurariya wants to say is that maybe because these two were the, the least chashif. They weren't as, as important uh, as the other two, uh, other five. Therefore, they were included in the name Kanaan. The Rebbe says in the Sicha that you can say that it's because we have a rule that, that well, this is more just a, of an explanation. Of why, you know what? We'll get to that. We'll get to that soon. That hour of the Rebbe. I think it'll fit better later on. Now let's continue on in Parshas Mishpatim. When you go to Parshas Mishpatim, where Hashem is telling them that you should lead the Malach. So the question is, when exactly is that referring to? When did this story happen in Pasuk Chav Gimel? The problem is, it's saying is that I'm going to send the Malach in front of you. You know, and uh, he'll go in front of you and he'll bring you to this land of the Mayri, the Chita, Mayri, Kanani, and I'm going to destroy them. Um, why is the Malach going in front of them? This is in Parshish Mishpatim. The Chita Egel didn't occur yet. The Chita Egel is only going to be mentioned much later in Parshish Sisa. So why at this point is it already mentioning this idea of a Malach going in front of them? So Rashi tells us it's because here it's telling us that eventually they will sin with the Chet HaEgel, and the Shekhinah tells them, So basically, in Perkop Yom even though they didn't sin yet, but the Pasuk is telling us that eventually they will sin. So this story of is really the Parsha later on. The Parsha later on, Parsha Kasisa, this is a Nevoah of that particular event that will occur. That's what it seems like. So since this is that same story that's going to be mentioned later on, Rashi is relying on what's going to be mentioned later on. This is the story of Parshat Sisa. So when we get to Parshat Sisa and it talks about the Malach, he'll explain to us why only six of them are mentioned and not the seventh one. So therefore, Leishleimer, the reason why he doesn't mention anything in Parshat Sushpatim is because he's relying on what's going to be said later on. And since Rashi tells us clearly that this is a story that happens later on, uh, he can rely on that because that's the main place. Another shot the Rebbe gives is that if you continue reading in Parshat Sushpatim, it tells us that the way how Hashem is going to um, destroy the nations is not going to be all at once. In Pasuk Chavtes, 
It tells us, and we'll not throw them out in one year, because then the land will be desolate. Is rather a little bit at a time I'm going to uh, expel them from before you. So, Parshish Hashpatim itself is telling us that the expulsion of the nations won't happen all at once. So, therefore, from the Sukkim itself, we can understand that, that some nations were destroyed right away, and there could have been some that were later on. So, Ibazai could be that they first began with these six nations, therefore, the Pasuk is mentioning that the Malachi go in front of you destroyed these six nations, and then at a later point, it could be much later on, they're going to be destroying the Gergashi. So therefore, from the Pesukim, you don't really have a question now, because since it says, it's understood that the Malach is not going to do all of it all at once, it's going to be a, a certain time period. That's how they also have the Ramban, one of the Pshatim of the Ramban, how he learns Parshish Vashpatim. The Bedezer learns it actually from Fakert. He says it's because the Gergashi are going to be destroyed right away, and the other ones are going to be destroyed later. Same idea, just the opposite. He says that's why it says in the Pasuk that uh, the Malach will go in front of you, and then it mentions these six nations, I'm going to bring you to the land of these six nations, the Hadatid, I will destroy him. Who's him? Singular. Lashon Yachi. Hadatid. He said, I will destroy him because it's referring to the Gergashi. That I'm going to bring you to this land of these six nations and I'm going to dry them out slowly over many years. But the Gergashi, I'm going to destroy immediately. That's how you can learn according to the Pshutish Mikra. Chazal, of course, we have a tradition that the Gergashi left, but Pshutish Mikra, when you're learning this Sukkim, this is a way how to learn it. And that's Taq Ali Ibn Ezra learns it. Therefore, again, in Parshim we don't have any questions uh, that cannot be resolved, because A, as we said, we can rely on what's going to be said later, the Iker HaMakim of the uh, Hashem's speech that the Malach will, will, will join the Jewish people and lead them into battle. Or second of all, because the Tzukim itself is telling us that there's a difference of when different nations will be destroyed, and therefore uh, it makes sense that the Pasuk will leave out Rugashi because they would have had their own time period of when they're being destroyed. But then, we get the Parshish Kassisa. When we get the Parshish Kassisa, what's bothering Rashi over here? Over here, we're not talking about how good the land is. That I'm bringing you to a land which is flowing with milk. And he doesn't mention that at all. Rather, over here, Hashem is telling Maishra to go up to Eretz Yisrael and the Malach is going to help you conquer the land to drive out these nations. So, the question that Rashi has is, why is it only telling us he's going to drive out six nations? We know he's going to be driving out seven. Neither were promised all seven lands, so he's going to be driving out all seven, not just six of them. And he can't give the answer that he said earlier in Parshish Boy that the Gergashi is included in Canaan. Because we have a rule that my shy of the high shire, that when the Pasik, this is really in Gemara, but the logic would also work for Chumash, is that when a, when a Tana will make a list of Isurim, and he misses one out, he makes a list, and he misses one item from the list. This question is, why would he live out one, he mentions everything and leaves out one item? So therefore, the Gemara says, if he's leaving out one item, it's probably because he argues on that item, or, you know, you have to look at each Gemara, what it says. But when he leaves out more than one item, then, then it's logical. He didn't mention every single example of an is. So he gave us a few examples. And the others you could figure out on your own. So the Lush and the Gemara is that if the Gemara says, that why does he mention this particular item? So Gemara says, oh, because he left it out. So Gemara says, my shy, the high shy. Why did he leave out that he's missing just one item? Missing one item? That seems strange. If you're just giving a few examples, or you're talking about a particular situation. Oh, I'm talking about in bubble, so he just mentions these. But when you're only missing one, why just one? You're mentioning everything else. Mention them all. 
So that same logic would also apply in Chumash. When you're mentioning five, okay, so you're not going through all of them. You're just mentioning the main ones. You mention the main ones. The other two, the priests and the Gagoshi, they're not the main ones. They get included with Kanaan. Fine. Still fits. They're part of Kanaan, part of the more general name. But when we're already going through six of them, including the Prizi, then why did you leave out Gergashi? My Shai the Why are you just leaving out one? What would be the logic? If it's because they're not so important, then why, then the, then the Prizi also shouldn't be mentioned. So either you don't mention the Prizi and don't mention the Gergashi, or mention both. Don't just leave out one of them. So therefore, Rafias says that the reason over here that Gergashi was left out was because they didn't, the mouth didn't dry them out. They left on their own. And that's what Rashi's Let's look at the Rashi over there. It's Maduric and Islashim. That Shisha Umaysen, there are six nations, and what happened to the Gergashi? Meaning there are six nations that the Malach is going to drive out. Har Gergashi, but the Gergashi left on its own. Why is he stressing the idea of Me'alav on its own? He's trying to say the reason why it doesn't mention in the Pasuk because it wasn't the Malach that drove out the Gergashi. Rather, the Gregoshi left on its own, may Allah, not because of the Malach. Then we get to Paraklam Adalad. So Paraklam Adalad, Pasuk is not speaking about, as we mentioned earlier, this idea of the war. Rather, it's talking about once the Yidin have already began the process of driving out the nations, Hashem tells Moshe that they're not allowed to make a bris. There's certain commands that they have. Tells us, he says, guard what I'm going to tell you this day. According to Rashi, this is a general command. Guard what I'm going to tell you this day, meaning a general command. You have to guard every all the commands that we have. We have such an idea of a lash of a a law which includes uh, many uh, items. So here it's a general command. Guard all these things that I'm going to mention to you, uh, which are going to be us. So really, every, if a yid would be over on one of these laws, and he'll be over on that particular law, Plus the general prohibition where Hashem saying Shemor Lacha. He says, anyways, he says, what does he say? He says, guard yourself that this day, because I'm going to drive away the, the Amari, etc. And therefore, you should guard yourself lest you make a brisk with them. The idea over here being is that our Pasik is actually telling us about Sivuyim, commands that they're going to be, to be having. Just interesting, in Pasik Yudalef, where it says Shemor Lacha, that Ibn Ezra learned Shemor Lacha is actually a command to Meishavim. Shmor Lecha, that you, Moshe Rabbeinu, should guard this teaching that I'm going to tell you, which I'm commanding you this day, that when it becomes relevant, you should tell it over the Jewish people. Shmor Lecha, should guard it to yourself, that I'm going to tell to you that you should be able to command the Jewish people about it later on, which we, um, I think, Parashat Zetzchanan, before they go into Eretz Yisrael. But according to Rashi, it's actually not a command to Moshe Rabbeinu, it's a command to all the Jewish people, to Tzivik Lali. That's because Rashi doesn't say anything that it's a command to Moshe, so the pastors, it wasn't a command to him, Rather, Shrutash Mikra would be a command, a general command. It's an introduction that you have to guard everything that I'm going to tell you. And, and then he gives, tells us that what is this command? That this command is that since I'm sending, I'm, I'm expelling these nations from in, front of, from in front of you, therefore you have to be careful not to make a bris and uh, destroy their Vaidazar, etc. So the Psukim are not talking about, um, the Girish on its own, rather the Indian of Girish is Der Chagav, it's, it's a secondary point. So what's bothering Rashi over here? What's bothering Rashi is that since we're talking about the Tzivuyim and not making a bris and destroy the Vaidazara, etc., that's also relevant to the Gergashi. Who cares if the Gergashi left on their own or if they were destroyed by a Malach? The point that we're, we're saying is that once you start conquering Eretz Yisrael, 
you have to make sure not to make a bris to any of these nations, and you have to destroy all the very desires. So that applies to the Gagashi. Earlier on in Periklamic Gimel, where it's talking about the Malach and how the Malach's going to wage the battle, then it makes sense to split between the two, because the, one, the Malach's going to do, Masha'inkin, the Gagashi will be leaving on their own. But over here, it's not really relevant how they left. So how is that even relevant? What's relevant is that you're not allowed to make a bris with them, and you're not allowed to keep their Vaidazars. So therefore, the question Rashi's having is, why don't we mention the Gurgashi? And there, but just, just points out that maybe you'll give a Daifik and say, because since the Pasik says, he made Gurgash Mipanacha, that I'm going to expel from the front of you. So since the Pasik says Gurgash Mipanacha, so therefore, they, 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 they can't mean they're Gurgashi because they weren't expelled. So he says, but that's not an answer. That's just saying that the Pasik uses a Lashon that would exclude the Gurgashi. But Hagufakasha, since the laws would also apply to the Gurgashi, meaning is don't make a bris with them, you have to destroy them by desire, those rules would apply to the Gurgashi, then why would the Pasik exclude it by saying Hine Gurgash? Like we're only talking about the nations that are being driven out by battle. Why? That doesn't make any uh, doesn't make any sense. And, and second of all, there are the points out that the truth is Gurish can also be applicable to the Gurgashi. Gurish just means that he, I'm going to send them, I'm going to expel them. It could be from the front of you. Expel them from the front of you could be in many ways. It could be because they're afraid of you, so they're literally being expelled from the front of you because of fear of you, or because there's going to be a battle. So he Gurish just means they're going to be expelled. So that would also technically also include the uh, Gurgashi who did leave because of that. So therefore, in Periklamagimel, where's the main place of the war, and it's telling us about how the Malach's going to drive them out, fine, so then the Gurgashi will not be included when it says Gersh. But over here, where it's mentioned, Dayach Aga, and the main point is that you have to do these commands, which are relevant to all the nations, so therefore, there's no reason to learn that Gersh means Dakar, those six nations. No, it means anybody that's being driven out in front of them in, in any way, whether it's to the Malach, or to Hashem, or they're doing it on their own, so that's the what's bothering Rashi. So why only six nations are mentioned in Nakhdegur Rashi? That's what Rashi, now we could read Rashi again and we can see the answers. So he says, Esha Mayri. He doesn't mention the word Gairish because the point is not the word Gairish, rather the point is Esha Mayri. These are the commands that are going to happen because I'm sending out these six nations. The question is, Shisha Umay So the question is, I just mentioned. So the answer is, Shusha Umay There are six nations here. Khan doesn't mean in the Pasik. It actually means in Eretz Yisrael. There, there are six nations here that when the Yidim are going to go into Eretz Yisrael to conquer it, there will only be six nations. Gagashi, because the Gagashi will leave name, that the Gagashi will be leaving. So there's only six, six nations that are mentioned here in the Pasik. It's because there's only six nations that will actually be in Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, these rules will only be relevant to them. So there's six nations in Eretz Yisrael because the Gagashi will, because the meaning is that the rules that we're going to discuss in these sukkim are only relevant to these nations because there are only six nations in Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, these rules will only be relevant to them because the Gagashi is going to leave anyway. So therefore, there won't be this chance to make a bris and follow their Vaidazaris. Therefore, the main uh, stress is on those six nations. And that fits with the Duke of Babrashi. Why he doesn't mention the idea of Gairish? Oh, because he's not, because of, by the Malach, he was telling you that the Malach won't be Gairish the Gagashi. Over here, it's not relevant who's being Gersh the Gergashi. The question really is, is that the Tzurim should also, why is it Tzurim only for these six nations and not the Gergashi? So Rashi just mentions, 
And then it says, He's trying to tell you that the reason why it doesn't mention the Gashi is because there's only six nations in Eretz Yisrael. Because, he adds the word, because, because it's trying, again, it's, it's an Asinist time, that why there's only six uh, nations that um, are relevant, it's because the Gagashi left. It doesn't say that they left on their own, because again, leaving on their own is not relevant if they left on their own or for, for some other type of reason. The point is that they're not here to stroll, therefore the rules that we're going to be mentioning, or the commands in this parsha, won't be something which is relevant to that. Okay. There is just a few hours I wanted to do. So one of them is the Ha'ar 21. So Ha'ar 21, we said in Parshish Shemais, it mentions, we said that according to Rashi, the reason why Rashi doesn't have a comment in Shemais, why does it only mention six nations and not the seven? Because over there it's talking about, that I'm going to bring you to Eretz Zalbech Halodavash. So Rashi, for, so the Rebbe first of all points out in Ha'ar 20, that you can give really two answers for this. The answer which we mentioned, that Rashi doesn't say anything because it's a Malkam Zavachol Rashi, therefore Apipshut HaShemikra, it's not really a question. But he says, Apiyames, it could be that once we already know the Pshat from Parshish Sisa, once we have a Hakrach from the Pesukim Parshish Sisa, then we can go back and say that, oh, what's the real reason that the Rashi wasn't mentioned is because they're going to leave on the road. So he says, like Lamaskani, you could really learn either way, that why wasn't their Gagashi mentioned? Either because they Taka didn't have an Eretz Lava Holodavash, or because they're going to leave on the road. Right, but, he, but the main point of the Sikh is why doesn't Rashi make a comment? He says Rashi doesn't make a comment because there's no question in the possible. But what would be the Emissa shot, what really occurred, once we know what happened in Parshat Sisa, then technically you can give really both of these, either of these answers in Shemais. Then R21 continues. That according to this answer, that it's the first answer that we're giving, that it's a, it's a Mokim that that Chumash only mentions those places that were bountiful and fertile, we have a Shaila. Because it says in many places that the Amairi and the Kanani live, are, are the nations of Sichem Ba'ayg. And there because the different Rashis where we discuss it, that Eret Sichem Ba'ayg was really the land of Canaan and the Amairi. Other place, another place Rashi says, Parshish Mishpat and Perkhaf, Rashi says that it was actually the land of the, uh, the Kanani and the Chiti, which the Mephorshi Rashi all question. or at least the Nachlas Yaakov asks the question, the it seems like a contradiction. Was it the land of the Kanani and the Mairi, or was it the land of the Kanani and the Chiti? Um, he doesn't have an answer. For, the Nachlas Yaakov leaves it as Sarachian, the Rebbe doesn't discuss it, but uh, it was a talk of good question. Why is he mentioned the Chiti from the Pashtas of Suvin. When you look at Mishnah Torah, it seems like it was the Kanani and the Amoyer that were living on the other side of the Yardin. So why over here does Rashi contradict himself and also say the Chiti, which there's no Mashmoy said it was the Chiti that were living there. Either way, a question for another time. But the main problem that the Rebbe is trying to show is that we know that what was promised to the, the Yidin, that was the land of Eretz Sovachol the nations that were living on the on the west side of the Yarden, the west bank of the Yarden. So Evazai, what would have been the Eretz Sovachol Dvash? It wouldn't have been the land of the Kanani and the Amairi, because the Kanani and the Amairi lived on Eretz Sichem and that wasn't even originally supposed to be given to the Jewish people. As we know, that when Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe went with the Yidin to go into Eretz Yisrael, they asked Sichem just to pass through their land, and they came out to fight them. But if they wouldn't have came out to fight them, they would have just passed through and conquered the west bank of the, of the Yardin. 
So when Hashem is telling in Shemais, you're going to get uh, the land of these nations, because Lachai uh, wasn't referring to the Kanani and the Amari, because the Kanani and Amari were living on the east bank of the Yarden. So A, they are not going to their land, because their land was on the east side of the Yarden. That wasn't initially supposed to happen. And two, their land wasn't the land of and this is even Lahalacha, according to some opinions at least, and I think actually that's what the Raman Paskins, that where is Eretz Machen Zavacholodvash that's only on the west side of the yard, and therefore the Mitzvah of Pekurim, it's not Shaykh to the east bank, it's only Shaykh to the west bank. So we even see the Halacha that Zav Eretz Zavacholodvash was not really the land of the Canaan of the Mice. So I was like, this whole answer that we're trying to say that in Parshish Smoyes is only mentioning lines which are Eretz Machen Zavacholodvash. Wouldn't fit, and also Pashtun of the pasuk is hard to understand because the pasuk clearly is calling them a place of zavas chaladavash. So the Rebbe answers, and this is uh, the Ramban gives a similar answer, is because there were Amayur and Kanani that were living on both sides of the Yarde, that there were some Amayur that were living in the, the east side, others were living on the west side, and same thing with Kanani, they were living all over the place. And the Rebbe brings a few psukim about the Kanani how it shows that they were living all over the place. Uh, so there, therefore, it makes sense that they were living on both sides of the uh, uh, the yarding. Um, he also brings the Nachlis Yaakov, that the Nachlis Yaakov brings the Mechilta, uh, that, that tells us, in Parshas Boy, it says that there are five nations, five nations that are mentioned in Parshas Boy. The Mechilta says this is five, which is seven in one place, according to the Girsa of the Nachlis Yaakov, as we see also in Chumash Devarim, in Perek Zayin, it tells us that Hashem is telling the Jewish people that I'm going to bring you to the land of the seven nations, and it mentions also the Gergashi, mentions all of them. The idea being that the five that are mentioned here are the same seven that are mentioned over there. So the Mechilta says it's a five which are seven in one place. So the Mechilta says, what does that mean? There's five which are seven in one place. So this is a pshat is, it's five nations that only lived in Eretz Yisrael, which are seven, because there's an additional two, the Amoyri and the Kanani, which some of them lived on the east side, some of them lived on the west side. So there's five nations, which are seven in one place. Five nations completely, which are seven, because you had another two that were partially, or the Iker, living on the east, of the west side of the Yard. He uses the, the Iker, the, the main population was living on the west side of the Yarden, uh, but there were some on, also on the east side of the Yarden. So that explains that. Uh, he had a, another ha'ara, is that there's a passage in Yeshua when it talks about conquering Yericha, it mentions uh, Girgashi, conquering also the Girgashi, fighting against them. Shiloh's, what do you mean? They fought, the Girgashi left. So, so what, why are there people still in, uh, in the Girgashi? So the answer that the Rebbe brings is, is that um, Rashi actually himself says, um, that the, that all the kings, the, the 31 kings, each one had a chalik in Yerichai. So therefore, there was, so therefore, if they had a chalik, there would have been some of his soldiers also in Yerichai. Or he says, Yerichai was like a metropolis that had people of all the different tribes living there, the tribes of Canaan. So he also might have had some Gergashi. So the majority of the Gergashi would have left. But of course, there were some that left, and uh, he might have kept some of his soldiers there to protect his holdings. Uh, so therefore, that's what the Chumashin, uh, the, that's what that's what it's referring to in Sefer Yeshua. Um, one last point, that in 
Chumash Devarim, it tells us that they had to drive out also the Gurgashi. Let's read the Pasuk. It says, And over there it mentions by the Gagashi not to make a bris and all these things. So some want to make a doichek and say, you know what, it's talking about the Gagashi that remained, you know, not everybody left, or maybe it's before they left, they, you know, at that point when the command was given, they didn't leave the land yet, their question is telling them not to make any bris with them. But according to our pshat, it's actually referring to the Gagashi, that, um, that even if they did leave, they're still gonna, these rules still apply to them. We're just gonna finish off with Unfortunately, I won't be able to go into it in this year. If I have more time this week, I'll try to give a second year. I'll be focusing on this Indian and the Ha'aras. For now, I'll just say Pikitza. So the Rebbe is, brings a Chakira regarding these commands, this command of Leisifur Slehendris, was that only on the Vav nations, or would it also include Gurgashi? Meaning like this. We said, according to Rashi, Pashtas, that there were six nations that were there when Eretz Yisrael was conquered. And therefore, when Hashem gave over the command, he said it to those six nations because they were the ones that were there. Masha'enki Gerashi wasn't there anyway, so it wasn't relevant to mention that. Well, the question would be is, do these laws apply to them too? For example, let's say the Gerashi return. Let's say they left. Ten years later, they come back and they, and, and they want to make a bris with the Jewish people. Would, be allowed, would we be allowed to make them a bris? Or would they not be allowed because the command was Lysich and Bris. So this would be dependent on what exactly was the Tzivui. Was the Tzivui Chal at the time that the command was given? The command of Lysich the Bris to the Yeshua Arts was said 40 years before they actually went into Eretz Yisrael. So definitely about 40 years before they would have left. So if we're looking at the time when Hashem said the command of Lysich and Bris to the Yeshua Arts, that would include the Gergashim. But if you're saying that the command only is Chal, when they actually entered into Eretz Yisrael, so if you look at when they actually crossed the Yarden and began the Kibush, then the Gergashi were not there. So if the command is not to make a bris once you've crossed over the Yarden, then the Gergashi weren't one of the Yishvaya arts at the time that they crossed over the Yarden. Um, these rules will not apply. Therefore, if the Gergashi came back at a later time, they would be able to make a bris with them. So the Rebbe's Nadaik from the Lashon of Rashi the Rashi says over here, Vav Umais Yeshkan, Kir Gagashi Amar Ufanim Pnehem. The Rashi's Medayik that the these these the the Tzvuyim were set. Why does Moshe, Why does Hashem tell Moshe about these nations in Pefrat? It's because they were there. The implication is that's only because they were there, and if it was relevant to them, did he say the command to Moshe Rabbeinu regarding them. But it wasn't meant only for them. It's only because Yesh Khan that in Eretz Yisrael, that when they would go conquer, there would only be six, therefore they were the ones that would be relevant. But it would imply that if the Gurgashi would ever return, or even if they're in Chutzlart and they decide to want to make a bris with them, they would not be allowed to. So therefore the Diyak over here is according to Rashi, that since it says Yesh Khan, that they're here, that the, why am I mentioning only these six nations, because they're the ones that have a payolo here, because the Gurgashi already left, implies that the Tziba would actually be 
um, from, from also on the Gagashi, meaning is at the time of the Tzivo, it would include all the nations, um, even the Gagashi that would eventually leave. And he says, according to that, it's understood also why Mishnah Torah, when it says in the Son of Hashem HaKach Lefanacha, it says Hashem was going to give these nations over to you and you have to destroy them and you're not going to make a bris and you can't get married to them, etc. You have to destroy them. It also mentions Gurgashi. Why is it mentioning Gurgashi? We just finished saying that the Gurgashi left. So according to Arpshat, it makes sense because the rules Taka did apply to Gurgashi. Even if they weren't there, the rules are still applicable to them. All of them, unfortunately, want to give a, a, answers that maybe because when Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Tzivoy, the Girgashi was there, so he mentioned the Girgashi. Or because some Girgashi actually remained in Eretz Yisrael, so he's saying whatever Girgashi remained in Eretz Yisrael, you're not allowed to make a bris. But according to Arpshat, you could say, no, it means Girgashi, the entire, the entire uh, tribe of Girgashi, because if, wherever they were, or if they would ever come back, you would not allow to be making a bris because the, 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 the Isser began uh, at the time of the Tzivoy, and they were one of the Yisra arts. Uh, the Rebbe points out in R30 that the court, the Chinuch, the Rambam, and others, the mitzvah of Leisich or Bris, and uh, that you have to destroy them, Leisich Haikanashamba, is regarding all the seven nations, and it doesn't even mean the Shas Machama. It's just that wherever they are in every place, even if they would be there to Israel, and it's not even at the time of Yeshua, at the time of the Kibush, that would still apply. So that would fit very well with, the, with our Moscona Korn Tarashi too. Um, here's another diak in R34 that it's like the diak Rashi also mentions that there's Vav Umeshkan and Aman Ufana Mipnehem, that they left because of them. So it's Mashma that from that Lashon of Mipnehem, it doesn't say that they left on their own, that it's because the Yidin came, so it would have been considered part of the kibush. Meaning is that they still consider them. This is they can still consider that their land, and they weren't giving it to the Yidin because they believed in the Haptaka and the Shvua. According to some Midrashim, they the Gurgashi left because they believe in what Hashem told Avram Avinu, and uh, there was a schus to them. Because according to Rashi, it says Mipnein, they left because of them. Meaning this was because of fear. So therefore, again, that, that would be a diuk that the uh, that the, these rules would would apply to them too. R31, though, because another Nafmina is that there's an interesting question. Uh, we, the Rambam writes that after Bayes Rishon, there was no Trumas and on, uh, on on the places of, in Eretz Yisrael, because when they conquered the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, which was the Kedusha of Trumas and Meisris, is depending on the Yidin conquering Eretz Yisrael. It wasn't just that they owned it. The ownership came because Hashem promised it to Avram Avinu, so therefore they owned it. But the actual Kedusha up for Trumas and Meisris only became applicable, only was Chal when they actually conquered the land. So therefore, the Raman writes that after the base of English was destroyed, the first base of English was destroyed and it was conquered by Babel, that Kedusha left. And eventually when they came up by Bayashemi, it was a different, it was a, they, they, were, they got the land because of the Chazaka, and therefore the areas that the Yosh, that the Oile Babel lived in, those places have Trumas and Meisris forever. But there were Merkainas that the people of Mitzrayim lived in, people that came from Mitzrayim, the Oyle Mitzrayim lived in, but the Oyle bubble never returned to. So those areas are not high Midrash and Trumas and Meisers. Even though the Yidin, when they left Mitzrayim, they lived in those places, and those were from the areas that were promised to Avram Avinu, but since the Poyo, by Baisheni, the Yidin do not live there, they're not going to be high Midrash. Only Midrashim were Mechaib then because, because, of, because the Yidin did live there, uh, when they came up from the tribe. Okay, that's, that's Midurban. So what's be interesting is regarding the Gurgashi. So we're saying the Gurgashi left on the left. So if 
we're saying that when when is Chal this idea of being one of the Yeshua arts? Was it Chal at the time of the Tzibri, which would have been 40 years earlier? Or is it only Chal that could be considered Yeshua Haaretz once the Yidin came into Eretz Yisrael and began conquering? So if it started 40 years earlier, then this Chiyav that will be considered Eretz HaGagashi, that would be applicable even the Gagashi. And therefore, the Kibosh that would have happened afterwards, even if they would have left, it wouldn't have mattered because at that moment of time, it was belonged to them. And then they left because they were scared of the Eden. So they would be considered one of the Yeshvei Aureks. And at that time, it was owned by them. And when they left, is out of fear of the Jewish people. Um, therefore, therefore, once the Baish Rishon was destroyed, you would not be hiding Trump's Mises, even the lines of the Gagashi. He says, but if we hold like this other option, that when it was the Indian of Yerushua Eretz Chals only once the Yidin came into Eretz Yisrael, when they came into Eretz Yisrael, the Gurgashi already left. So that means at the, at the moment of, the, of them coming in, the Gurgashi didn't own the land. They, they, they made it Hefker at that point in time. They left, so their land would then be Hefker. It would just be regular land. So I bizarre, when the Yidin came in, they didn't conquer from the Gurgashi. They would have just got it automatically because it was Hefker. So then, regarding Trumas and Isris, in the lands of the Gagashi, we be me the Raisi, because it was we never lost because it wasn't dependent on conquering it. It was something which was Hefker, and we acquired that land from Hefker according to that second option. But as we mentioned, uh, according to Rashi, the Ram and the others, it seems like uh, the the Chalois that would be considered Eretz Gagashi would have happened earlier in time, and therefore when they left, it would not just be considered Hefker the land, even though they they left out of fear, it would still be considered that they left because of kibush, because it was out, they left out of fear. So since it's because of the fear, that would be considered part of the Mohamma type of status. Meaning is, both ways, they left because of fear, so therefore it would be considered a kibush. And when you leave because you're afraid that they're going to attack you, that's not considered hefker, that's considered being conquered because of out of fear. At least according to how the Rebbe is explaining it here, and that's some of them learn that way. The, the, the chiddush is that if, when they, if, it was never, if when they came into Eretz Yisrael, the Gagashi weren't there, then it was never had a Cholais being considered their land, Alpitayr. When was it considered the Eretz Gagashi? When were they considered Yeshvei Arts? When did they have a Kenyan in the land, Alpitayr? That only would have been when the Yidin came in. But if they weren't there, even if they left because of that fear, they never had the Kenyan. It was never considered their land. And therefore, when the Yidin came in, it just would have been just regular Hefker land, as if nobody ever lived there. Therefore, it would be Chayk Tumisur forever. Uh, but according to the way that we pile our learning, we're saying that the, the chalais would have happened at the time of the Tzibi, which was 40 years earlier, and they would have been living there, therefore would have been considered their land. And when they left, it would have been because of, as Rashi says, they, they ran away with Pneum because they were afraid, and that, that would be considered a kibush.